Welcome to Analog Jones and the Tempo Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a vlog podcast. I don't know what we are. Who cares? We're on YouTube. This is fun. We're a, we're a media conglomerate. We do <laughs> really? it all. We do it all. We, where's the money, though? Yeah. Where, <laughs> is my bank account going to change? <laughs> this week we're doing uh, video four of Tober. Tober. I don't know how I'm pronouncing it, even though I came up with it. But we're doing, uh, where's it at? We're doing four rooms four rooms so we're chronologically going after pulp fiction the mega hit masterpiece of tarantino to the movie that basically they had free reign to make because you know desperado was such a big hit and pulp fiction was such a big hit they were Mm -hmm. like well you can do whatever the fuck you want and four rooms is a result of them getting to do whatever the fuck they wanted (laughs) yeah i i believe this like i knew they um I mean, one good thing about Robert Rodriguez is he really knows how to network when he met them. And I think he met them a lot of times in Toronto when he met Quentin Tarantino. And I guarantee you both these movies came out of it. Yeah, like this is this is a, this is like uh, the first, I guess, collaboration of them because then we have From Dustal Dawn and we have uh, Grindhouse. Well, this is the first one where they directly work together uh, because uh, I think... Tarantino might have helped out something with Desperado, but this was like the same year as Four mm-hmm. Rooms, so I don't know. It, I, this might be the first one of their collaborations, though. Yeah. Well, it wasn't liked. No. This no. movie is not well-loved. This is not a beloved Tarantino one. We kind of are coming off of mm-hmm. the most beloved Tarantino one. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's to Pulp Fiction. Maybe yeah. the like least-liked Tarantino-involved thing. So go ahead and describe this this kind of really lame box art. Yeah, I mean, you you guys can see it, but for those who are just listening, uh, this is from the makers of Pulp Fiction, and it has, like Pulp Fiction has the gigantic cast list at the mm-hmm. top part, uh, they're really trying to make this like a Pulp Fiction thing. Um, comedy, confusion, and chaos, compliments of the house, wildly outrageous, uh, Genie Wolf's Hollywood, uh, which I've never heard of, Four Rooms, a film by Alice Nanders, Alexander Rockwell, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, and then it's uh, Madonna, Marissa Tomei, uh, Antonio Banderas, and Tim Roth on the cover. Sort of their stars. Yeah, the the most famous people. Well, in yeah, this. Marissa Tomei makes no sense, but yeah, Marissa Tomei has a cameo in this yeah. movie. Uh, Madonna's in one of the stories. Antonio Banderas is in one of the stories, and then Tim Roth is our wraparound because this is an mm-hmm. anthology movie. This is we were talking about it maybe outside of Twilight Zone. We didn't do research because fuck that. Um, but like. Uh, outside of Twilight Zone might be one of the only or the first anthologies that has different directors yeah I I don't know yeah I remember talking about that Uh, it's really interesting I don't know when anthology started to do that yeah this has got to be one of the first or at least one of the first 90s ones that did all the different directors for different stories so yeah if you don't know what this is about this is your description uh, from Roger Ebert, Chicago Sometimes, Antonio Banderas is hilarious. So just just one thing he liked about it, apparently. Yeah. And Antonio Banderas is in maybe five minutes of this. Mm, maybe, well, yeah, because he leaves the he story. Leaves. Yeah, leaves yeah, the yeah story. maybe he is. Uh, don't miss the fun in this hilariously sexy comedy that has Antonio Banderas, Interview with a Vampire, Madonna, A League of Their Own, uh, and a sizzling all-star cast checking in for laughs. It's Ted the Bell Hops, Tim Roth, Pulp Fiction, first night on the job, and the hotel's very unusual guests are about to place him in some outrageous predicaments. It seems that this evening's room service is serving up one unbelievable happening after another. 
Also featuring Marissa Tomei, my cousin Vinny, Four Rooms is a wild night of highly original comedy entertainment you'll enjoy without reservations. A wicked romp on the wild side, HBO. Haha, <laughs> without reservations. Mm-hmm. Get it? It's a hotel thing. So HBO said this is a wicked romp? Yeah, which I don't know who from HBO would say that because like HBO is not like a review thing. It's a channel, so I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> They're like, oh, we bought the rights to show this. so Yeah, we, we think it's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> can, yeah. we, can, can we get that on print before uh, it goes out? Sure. Yeah, getting in the whole this thing, at the very beginning... Um, oh yeah, we gotta go through the trailers. I forgot the whole procedure here. So we we pop in the tape, and here's here's our first things. Of course, because it's super edgy, we have uh, mm-hmm. a book with a super offensive title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Spike, Mike, uh, Slacker, and Dykes. Uh, independent filmmaking book by John Pearson. Yep, and it's just you know about independent filmmaking which in I the nineties. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to get the book. What do Spike Lee, Michael Moore, and Kevin Smith have in common? The man Variety calls a guru, and Newsweek hails an angel. John Pearson helped get their careers started, and now brings us the most definitive book on independent filmmaking. Spike, Mike, Slackers, and Dice, a guided tour through a decade of American cinema, available at bookstores everywhere. 3.6 out of 5 on Goodreads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, this has got to be like one of those 90s, like independent cinema, mm-hmm. Sundancey, you know. So obviously Slacker's probably referenced the Linklater sla- Slacker. Spike is in reference to Spike Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember who Mike was. They said it in the trailer, but I don't remember. But like they're obviously doing like a 90s independent cinema when that was all all a rage for a well, minute. Well, yeah. I mean, when you had. Um... Mallrats and um, Clerks. Clerks especially. Oh, yeah, Clerks. Yeah. is. Mm-hmm. They talk about that in there, yeah. I mean, that's like... Clerks made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the 90s, I know this is before, but, <clears throat> you know, later on in the 90s, you get uh, the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Which, Independent yeah. cinema was on fire in yeah. the 90s, basically, is what we're saying. <laughs> and then it was gone yeah, for then a it, long time. Yeah, then it was gone. And then sort of the Sundance movie mm-hmm. became something else which i think became very negative where it's almost like a genre where it's this melancholy dramedy mm-hmm. is sort of the sundance <clears throat> genre that became a thing in the 2000s and now i don't know where we're at now we're shooting movies on phones and it doesn't matter so <laughs> yeah i don't really care i think everyone because of vod i think independent cinema has become so accepted inside yeah. like we don't even like, it is obviously independent cinema but movies are just movies now movies if, yeah if we watch it it's a movie like and actually that's it's great a, that's great yeah, I, that's what hey, it's so cool now that we have yeah. the ability to access it on vod i i love it i don't turn away i know some people will scuff from independent films i don't get why i i never if a good story is a good story i'll watch it yeah i i I don't usually watch like kind of those mid-level ones, like the VOD, straight to VOD movies. But I like like the backyard stuff. I'll seek that out. Like I like and because there's a lot of good stuff. Like I'm there's sure a lot there of is. bad stuff, but there's a lot of good stuff coming out of just like the, you know, shot on a phone in somebody's backyard with their friends. Movies. There's there's some cool stuff happening. Like people and they you know they can get them on Amazon. Well, they used to be able to get them on Amazon Prime or. Uh, yeah, now I don't know where they're at. The True Indie is a really cool outlet for stuff like True that. True Indie, yeah, oh. it, just pure, honest, independent stuff that. But that's like really cool that people are making. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's a, that's what I'm into now, and the fact that we have access to it is cool. So I think we have movies like 
I don't want to necessarily say four rooms, but the Tarantinos and the Kevin Smiths and the Richard Linklaters, we have them to thank for us getting to this point, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Reservoir Dogs, I, I, I'm sure that was made for nothing. Yeah. $500,000 maybe? Probably less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And that has kicked in the door for us to be able to get great filmmakers who don't have access to stuff that don't live in Hollywood to get, have their voices be heard. Yeah. And if you're wondering why we didn't do Reservoir Dogs, I don't own it. Me neither. I yeah. Well, you... Is that the Blu-ray? Right? I own the Blu-ray. Yeah, man. This... I have the DVD, so... But I, I just... mean, Blu-rays... And I caught that one so much later. Like, yeah. I... Pulp Fiction I saw when it came out. I had it. You know, that like, that was something uh, that was in my life. But, like, Reservoir Dogs I didn't find until I was a teenager. Yeah. I really don't like it on this because it's too clear. Yeah, you need the fuzz. (laughs) I need the fuzz to really encompass the movie. Yeah, especially that one. That's a grimy. Yeah, it's really good. If you haven't seen it, I'm surprised you're watching our show. If you haven't seen, yeah, if you haven't seen, but I would expect that you wouldn't have seen Four Rooms. So anyway, the trailers. (laughs) A lot of people haven't. Yeah, man, it took us a while to get to the trailers. But yeah, um, Train Spotting was next, which you noticed something right away about this trailer. It's a comedy they're advertising, <laughs> yeah. which is, is yeah. not a comedy. It's There's some not. funny moments in that movie, yeah. but it's not a comedy at all. It is a dark, drug habit, bad, like, times movie. <laughs> well, this is before American Pie, too, right? It's yeah. Like right before it. So, like, to me, I thought they were like, oh, let's uh, take advantage of the 90s comedy. You know, the, the teenage comedy. Nope. And it's not at Yeah, all. it really is. Like, look at how much fun these guys are having. And it's like, if you see that movie, those guys are not having a good time. <laughs> that is a... Yeah, that's a messed up movie. Yeah. And, like, all of them from that movie basically went on to have careers. Yep. That, yeah, that was career launching for all every single one of those actors. And, of course, you know, Obi-Wan. Yeah. The biggest. Ewan McGregor really yeah. blew up after that. But, yeah, I mean, you could tell right away. That's why he was, like, the star of the movie. He's just... So damn good. Yeah. It doesn't matter what role, he can find a way to disappear into it. Yep. Even though his face is so recognizable. Uh, and now his beard. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, getting past that into the next one, it was like one of the French... Uh, coming soon to video cassette we had from Dust Till Dawn. Yes, so, which we'll talk about. Yeah, it's fun. So, Pump Fiction, Pulp, I mean, Pump... Uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction, they had four rooms in it, right? Yeah, Pulp Fiction had the four rooms trailer. Four rooms has the From Dust Till Dawn yeah. trailer. That's great. I love that. <laughs> um, so, and then the the French twist, or yeah. French twist. So Which, I'm, I'm assuming Miramax was buying all these up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we get into the movie. And now our feature presentation. Yeah, that's it. And then right away I was wondering, is Tim Roth trying to be like a silent character actor? Right. Because he's doing a lot. Of he's moving. I, I fucking love Tim Roth in this movie, though. Actually, I love his insane performance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's better than, you know, the second of the stories. I, I, I don't know. To me, I was like, either be the... I, I kind of wish he wouldn't have talked throughout the whole film. Like, just on the silent actor thing? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, well, you made a good point, because I said that this movie had reshoots specifically for the wraparound, mm-hmm. and you asked if they added the dialogue, and I, that's a good point. Like, I wonder I if wonder. they did, but there's no information on the limited amount of research I did. They mentioned Jerry uh, Jerry Lewis's performance uh, at the end in um, The Bellhop. Mm-hmm. So, and that was, a, he was silent the entire time. So maybe that's what they're kind of yeah. doing, and then they realize it didn't work, so they added dialogue. I don't know. 
But uh, I love him yep. in this. I, I, it's insane. It, the, it, the wraparound is really inconsequential, though, like, for the most part. They kind of jump right into the stories. Yeah, the, I mean, the first one... Uh, well, they had the animated... Uh, yeah, they do the Pink Panther opening. Sequence. I love uh, it. Which I is great. Yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, and then we get right into the honeymoon suite, the missing ingredient. Uh, Madonna shows up, which to me just like really sticks out like a sore thumb. I don't get why you'd... I, I get why you'd want to put Madonna in your movie just because you just have that name and people would probably you know rent the movie or buy it, purchase it straight from that. Which her name isn't really on... No. It's not on the front. Her picture's not on the front. It's on the back, but like... I feel like after several bombs, like Shanghai Surprise and stuff like that in the early 90s, they were like, well, let's just not even put her. <laughs> yeah. She's in it. She's a star. We love her. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's not advertise it too hard. <laughs> uh, the director of this is written and directed by Allison Anders. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know anything else she's done? I've never seen anything else she's done. Yeah. I know she's kind of a prominent uh, super indie uh, okay. Sundancey, right. you know, she's of this class. She's definitely of this class of filmmakers, uh, but I've just never seen any. She does dramas. I'm not. I'm uh, not into like '90s Sundancey dramas. I'm into more weird shit. Like is it this. like a like dry dramas? Yeah, like uh, family dramas. It seems like oh, family of, dramas. Yeah. Well, I don't want that. Uh, I live that. <laughs> <laughs> but she's pretty. She's pretty well known. Uh, she still works. Uh, she kind of is one of those. Uh, super Sundancey indie uh, directors are transitioned into TV. Yeah, and okay. she works, so good for her. Uh, this story is okay. I don't yeah, mind this one. Uh, Ioni Sky is randomly in it in Topless for some reason. Um, you may remember her from Say Anything, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's got a seduce a guy because they need mm. semen is the missing ingredient. Yeah. It's so weird because two girls take off their tops, but not all of them. Yeah, so, it's like, like a really weird choice. Like, I don't get, like, if there would have been a line of something, or like, we need the skin of a virgin or something, I don't know. What, I, I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, the whole thing, it's passable. Yeah, it's fine. I, I, what I, One thing I noticed about all the stories is, like, they're, they're pretty generic straightforward stories but then they always just have to add like the level of edge so they're like so this is our story of like witches and they're putting together something in this hotel room and so of course the missing ingredient involves them having sex you know what i mean yeah, and then and then, yeah. and then we'll i'll talk about like each story has you know another level that like whether it's sex or violence is like turned up a little bit like it's a kind of a normal story with an edge twist on it yeah and the, they're like trying to bring back a witch that died I don't know if it was in this hotel, whatever. I, they're in the same room, which, and, and of course, the witch, you know, was lesbian, so I guess that was supposed to be, like, they're, like, edgy. Yeah. I, 90s edgy thing. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't know, maybe because it's so far in the future now that we're, like, gay marriage is, you know, mostly. It's accepted. not edgy anymore. Like, like, we're just like, yeah, cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's all right. This maybe. story moves. Uh, the next one, Room 404, The Wrong Man. We talked about this beforehand. And I'm sure a lot of people agree. It's kind of the one where when it's we tried to most, guess, it's the most forgettable. Yeah, <laughs> we tried to guess uh, the segments in this movie before we watched it, and I completely forgot this one even existed. Yeah, no, I yeah, uh, completely gone. And also, Alexander Rockwell is not a filmmaker. I don't know anything about him. 
as a filmmaker. I don't even know what he's done. He's, if he's still doing anything, I've never seen anything he's ever done. I don't know why he's in this group. <laughs> but the only part about this story that I kind of liked is it's where Tim Roth started to, like, turn it up. We don't have time to play charades here, you asshole. Untie me. I would appreciate it if you would tell that nutcase in there. He's making a big fucking mistake. Look, whether you like it or not, you are in the middle of a situation here you cannot just wish your way out of. But I've never met you people before! We're complete strangers! Everybody starts out as strangers, Ted. It's where we end up the council. He's more involved in this story, uh, I guess, than the other ones. Like, he's in all of them, but his, he's a central focal point of this, I guess. I don't know, he's, he's a central focal point of all of them, but he's not. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. He floats in and out of the stories, basically. Yeah, I did this one. I forget the actor's name um, that's in it. The the male performer, uh, David Provel. Be sure. Uh, he's been he in is. The Sopranos. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, he's he's just one of those old school like seventies actors, and. And Jennifer Beals is in this, which is good yeah. to see her. Uh, I love her and, from the 80s movies and stuff. So. Well, and she's good in this. It's like neither of them, no one's bad in the segment. <laughs> it's just the, it needed something. I yeah. don't know what it is. It's just, it's very forgettable. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we move straight on to the third one and is by far my favorite. Mind you. Um, is the misbehaviors? Yes, uh, the babysitting the kids mm -hmm. story with Antonio Banderas, isn't it? No, I don't trust babysitters. My children are safer alone than with some fucked up pedophile babysitter I don't know from the money in the fucking moon. What about him? What makes you think you can trust him? Tell me that's not a face you can trust. I'd love to help you with your problem, sir. Also, and uh, this one's really fun. Yeah. And the twist with the... the You, you guys will either never see this movie or have seen it, hopefully, if you're watching this. Um, the true. twist with yeah. the uh, hooker in the bed is really fucking oh, That funny. last shot? It's really great. Did they misbehave? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, dead hooker in there. But uh, one thing always gets me is like when Tim Roth is like, I'll bring you milk and cookies. <laughs> he brings him milk and saltines. Those aren't milk and cookies. Well, we ran out of cookies, so I bought you milk and saltines. Now, don't complain. Hurry up and eat. You're going to bed. They're old. Dip them in the milk. The milk will make them soft. <laughs> no crackers? Sleepy time. Yeah, this one's fun. This yeah. one, this one really lights the movie up. Yeah. Like this is the best one by far. Uh, I could watch this segment again. You know, yeah, like four four rooms, I maybe watch every fifteen years. But like this segment, yeah. I could watch again. It's super fun. It's it's really fun. Um, <clears throat> it's just kind of inventive, like how they set up the smell at the mm. very beginning, and then finally they get to the what does he call her? Yeah, he, and the the little girl gets really bad. He's like, "There's a dead." Well, uh, the girl, the girl keeps saying whore. Is that is that no, what they? Or does he say whore, and she gets mad at it? Uh, he keeps calling it I don't whatever remember. it is. I don't visit, but she throws, she basically stabs him with a syringe, which is pretty messed up when you think about it. 
And what I also love is we never find out why there's a dead prostitute. <laughs> they don't even, they're like, move on. Yeah. Move no, on. this is this is a fun one. Rodriguez yeah. is having fun, and he's he's clearly at the, you know, top of his game here. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is right after Desperado, right before From Dust Till Dawn. He's, like, on fire here. <laughs> and the, the girl dancing on the TV, because they have the, the nudie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Selma Hayek. Nice. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And he doesn't even show her face. Nice. That's yeah, hilarious. it's like, hmm, I don't know if that was on purpose. Maybe she's like, I'll do it, but no, yeah, don't do show it. my face. Yeah, I'm not ever going to get credit for it, so like, yeah. I'll just do it as a um, favor. So, But this one also has another, we, we talked about it in Pulp Fiction, this one has another appearance by Kathy Griffin, too, in this one. Yeah, this is uh, coming up. This is when Tim Roth's character is broke. Yeah. He is just flipping out. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, he just puked oatmeal out of his mouth in the segment. I don't know what is in there, but it looks like oatmeal that he's like, Bleh! uh, yeah, he flips out, but this is when we get, um, I just, uh, her name's escaping me. Uh, Marissa Tomei. Yeah. As a crackhead. Happy New Year. Let me speak to Betty. Uh, party's over. She probably went home. She lives there. Yeah. 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 I know. Well then get on the phone. Tell her it's an emergency. Who, who should I say is calling? You tell her it's Teddy from work. On the phone, and there's a major fucking emergency. Hi, Ted. I'm Margaret. You sound down. Has this not been the happiest of New Year's? No, Margaret. This hasn't been my happiest New Year. This one's starting off pretty fucking badly. Oh, how cool. What? Betty leaves me here all by myself. And first thing, right off the bat, I'm fucked. By a coven of witches. You were fucked by an oven full of witches? A coven of witches! Not an oven! Well, one witch in particular. Was she an old hag with a mole on her face with hair growing out of it? No, no, she was very beautiful. Ted! What's the problem? Right, isn't that, that, isn't I thought that... she was just smoking dope. She's high. I thought she was supposed to be like a cracks-smoking person i thought that's what they were going for she's really tame for smoking crack <laughs> well it's also like kind of a tame movie in terms of like what it's kind of going for <laughs> she's doing some kind of drugs and i do love how she's looks for kathy griffin's character and like then you realize that they're not even friends she's just at that house okay Ted, what's the problem hello betty what's the problem i haven't got a problem I've got fucking problems. Plural. Wanna hear? Sure. Well, most recently, there's room 309. There's this scary Mexican gangster dude poking his finger in my chest. There's his hooligan kids snapping their fingers at me. There's a putrid, rotting corpse of a dead horse stuffed in the springs of the bed. There's rooms blazing a fire. There's a big, fat needle from God knows where stuck in my leg, infecting me with God knows what. And finally, there's me, walking out the door, right fucking now. Buenas noches. Oh, I guess New Year's Eve, it happens, but it's weird. And they're playing Sega. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was like, I want to play Sega now. <laughs> but I, yeah. I had a Genesis. That was good times. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the penthouse calls. He says he's quitting. She's like, take care of that, and then you can leave. And then we get... Like, I, I'm split on this one. I like it, and there's parts of it I don't. Yeah, this one, so, like, the movie sets it up as all roads lead to this. This yeah. is the Tarantino one. This is right after Pulp Fiction. Anticipation's high. 
we're jumping in to Tarantino. Like, we're going mm-hmm. into, like, the Tarantino story. Every, anticipation's high. What's his follow-up to Pulp Fiction going to be? And it's kind of it's just okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the end, like, shock of it. Yeah. Uh, I do like how they set up everything. So they're all talking. He's drinking champagne. Uh, Tarantino is playing Tarantino, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Willis is playing Bruce Willis, I guess. <laughs> uh, he's... He's got a different look to him, like with the uh, goatee and yeah. the, the, the glasses. Like and Bruce Willis isn't even credited in the movie, so it's just like kind of a cameo, but he's in yeah. this story. Uh, yeah, this one, it's based on both uh, Tarantino's student film. Uh, that He wasn't like a film student, but like student era film. Yeah, His video like, store days, I should say, film, uh, which is... What's it called? My best best friend's birthday or something like that, um, or my friend's best yeah best friend's birthday I think it is, and then uh, an Alfred Hitchcock presents uh, episode with okay. Peter Lorre, um, mm-hmm. where they have to cut somebody's finger off. Um, so it's based on both of those things. Okay. So he gets kind of remake his first movie and do uh, Alfred Hitchcock thing, and it's like I said, just okay. It's the camera work at the front portion of this that just like. I thought it was Robert Rodriguez shooting it, because uh, I mean, if you know anything about Robert Rodriguez, he's the king of holstering it on his own shoulder, and basically everything's handheld. Uh, usually, he uses very few dollies early in his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, he's very frenetic, yeah. very handheld. Yeah, but this is actually Tarantino's usual yeah. cinematographer, his Which '90s cinematographer. Because at the very beginning, when he's like really close to Tarantino, it makes me very uncomfortable. I'm like, <laughs> mm. And it looks very um, amateurish with how shaky it is at one point now did i miss at the beginning where they're like telling a guy to record the whole thing was that on purpose okay so it was just no (laughs) i'm impressed the long takes yeah everyone got their stuff right you know everyone got their lines right uh so i'm impressed with that but you know you get to the end you see bruce willis fighting with his wife and then the guy which i've never seen that actor who had to do the lighter 10 times in a row I don't know if that was one of... He's a character actor. Yeah. He's one of the Tarantino uh, usuals. Uh, Paul Cal- He's in Pulp Fiction. Paul Calderon. He's a, he's the bartender uh, in... Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Yeah, and he also is the guy who goes to look for the boxer at the end of the match. Yeah. Okay. All right, so he's one of Tarantino's, like, friends. Probably, yeah. yeah. He's he's done... And he's mm-hmm. just a character actor. He's good, but he yeah, yeah, yeah. is in this, you know... He has got a ton to do. <laughs> He's got to light his his Zippo ten times in a row without failing, and he would win the man from Hollywood Tarantino's car. If he didn't, Tim Roth would get a chunk of money. And the setup to get Tim Roth to do this it took a while. Ted, pay attention here. I'm going to make two piles here on the bar. One pile, which is yours, and another pile, which could be yours. And what you have to realize is we're going to do this thing one way or the other, whether it's you who holds the axe or a mexican maid or some bum when you go up the street you can buy a whole lot of soup with that pot i'm the closer here all right i'm a little me- um i've lost count how much is on the bar here 600 okay ted do you know how long it takes the average american to count to 600 it's a rhetorical question ted no sir about one minute less than it takes to count to 700 now ted 
person's life is filled with a zillion little experiences, some which are insignificant, have no meaning, and, you know, you forget them. Others which you remember for the rest of your natural life. Now, since what we're proposing here is so unusual, so outside the norm, that this is a good bet that this is going to be one of those incidences that sticks. So, since you're going to be stuck remembering this for the rest of your life, you have to decide what that memory will be. So, Ted, are you going to remember for the next 40 years, give or take a decade, that you refused $1,000 for one second's worth of work, or that you made $1,000 for one second's worth of work? Time. So, Ted, what's it going to be? Okay. You know, it's just like, here's $300 to listen to our tale. Here's two piles. You could have this if you don't do it or, you know, whatever, and then you can have it all if you cut off his finger, if he can't do it. And the, and the gimmick on this is the first time he fucks up and Tim Roth just is like, at this point he's broken, doesn't give a shit, goes, bye. Yeah. That's kind of our shock yeah. moment in this, the violence, the no, Tarantino get, violence. Like, the first time it got me, I was like, what? Whoa, they did it. Uh, but now, you know, the shock's kind of worn off, and I still like that they do it. I think it's clever. I just, the whole story wasn't, you know, it's it's passable, it's kind of good. It's just, the yeah. whole movie as a whole doesn't work. Because then I think, you know, they're like, oh god, he caught my finger, we gotta go to the ambulance. And then after that, it just, it just ends, right? Yep, that's it. So, yeah. I, I have a feeling, and I, I don't know this, but I have a feeling because... Pulp Fiction, and they were probably, you know, Tarantino was probably working on Jackie Brown, and Rodriguez was working on From Dusk Dawn, uh, but they weren't ready yet. I feel like the Weinsteins, or or Tarantino, I don't know, um, wanted to get another movie out right away, because this feels kind of rushed. It does. It, it feels, feels like... very fast, and it's like, yeah, we're good, but we're not that good. You know, like, we're, we're, we're riding high right now, but, like, to get a movie out in less than a year... It's kind of tough for guys like us. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I believe that's kind of like uh, Jackie Brown needed a little bit more work to be like Pump Fiction hype. Uh, I like Jackie Brown, and I, th- I think they've heard that. Like, at that point, Tarantino was kind of burnt out. Yeah, but it's kind of funny now. Uh, Jackie Brown is pretty beloved. Like, yeah, it finally yeah, no, got there. But when, yeah, when you see it, and you see it after Pulp Fiction, you're like, ah. It's great, but it's not Pulp Fiction, you know? <laughs> and the thing is, is, like, it's not supposed to be Pulp, right. Pulp Fiction either. It's It was supposed to be its own 70s kind of, um, I forget what type of movie they call Black it. Black exploitation. Yeah, but it wasn't pure exploitation film. Mm. It, it was more of a laid back. Right. You know, it, it was supposed to be a laid back movie. It did its job really well. It had some shocking moments, but I remember... At the time, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, there were people who worked on the film, Quentin Tarantino, one of them. He's just like, I really like Jackie Brown. I think we could have changed it just a little bit. But as a whole, everyone seemed to like it who worked on it. I like it. Yeah. It just, it's never going to be the excitable one. Yeah, and it may and it may come from you know they rushed this it seems, mm-hmm. and then they jumped right into From Dust Till Dawn. After that, he may just not have had the time to spend because then I don't think he did. Because uh-huh. when you when you think about it now, like Tarantino takes four or five years off 
before doing another movie and he's working on the script and like mm-hmm. obviously it paid off really well with once upon a time in hollywood which we've kind of briefly talked about in every episode a little bit is is a really fucking good movie like i think the one it paid off the most is inglorious bastards yeah and he definitely took a huge yeah. chunk of time off in between the kill bills to do inglorious yeah. bastards so mm-hmm. it he had he had some time to really craft that and that's why he fucking uh oh no i was gonna say he won the screen he didn't win screenplay for that he won screenplay again for Django. actually what's it Django? yeah he won oh. which is kind of crazy because yeah, this one is kind of inglorious i'm pointing to it because it's in front of us um inglorious was kind of I feel like a bigger one than Django, but then he won for Django. It's a good script, though. For Django. Like, yeah, I get it. I mean, there's a lot of movies, but uh, if I had to come up with like a top three, I think Inglorious Bastards is gonna hit three. I just, you know, there's just so much in that movie that I can rewatch over and over and over. Love it. Uh, but I think Pulp would have to be one, two. It's either gonna be True Romance. Or maybe I don't know. That's really hard. I like I like I'm so I'm I'm an early guy for Tarantino. I like Pulp Fiction. I like Reservoir Dogs. I like True Romance. I like From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, but like the recent ones, my prior two recent favorites are the new one. Uh, I think I like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I like Once Upon a Time better than yeah. the Django's and the Ingloriouses. Um, and uh, Death Proof. I think Death Proof yeah, is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> and I have that somewhere here. That's right in front of right me here. here. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> yeah, there we go. I think that's his uh I think that's his most recent masterpiece in my I mind. Love Death Proof. I think it's fucking amazing and I hope more people continue to find it now. Yeah. Nobody I, saw it when it came out. So. I don't know why those grindhouses didn't do well. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, it's just it like, did spawn a whole fucking genre, though, of really terrible B-movies uh, for a while, for a yeah. couple of years, <laughs> with the fake uh, filters and uh, missing well, scenes and stuff. Oh, there were some yeah. brutally bad ones that came yeah. out around that time. Well, that's because it was just hacks doing it. Yeah, it's like, you gotta have the masters do it. <laughs> it's these guys. Well, what they would do is, you know, they'd be like, hey, I need you to come up with something. Uh, you got three months. And, you know, like with Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, they'd been thinking about these things for years. Yeah. Uh, Death Proof, he had thought since the 90s he wanted to do yeah. it. He had had an idea. So when you're, like, telling people to rush through it, and it's not their idea, you always get a hack job. Yeah. Because they're going back, they're stealing, but they're not stealing to improve. They're just like, I, I don't know what stealing, to do. Yeah. I'm not, this isn't my thing. I guarantee you that's what happened. It happens in all, it happens in horror movies all the time. Yeah. In stupid comedies that aren't funny. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, yeah, that's gonna, that's pretty much it for Four Rooms. If I had to put something in our museum, I would say you need another polish. Yeah, I, I just put the misbehaviors uh, in, no, this, yeah. in the museum. It's a great story. I'd watch it again. Well, uh, one of us had to put the misbehaviors. Yeah, it's our favorite. Yeah, but. so that's that's going in there. It's it's a good enough story. I think this movie's worth it though. It got fourteen. If you look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, it's fourteen percent. And people low. hated this movie when it came out. I don't hate it. It's got problems. It's it's rushed. But there's some good there's some good stuff in every story. Yeah. And so it's 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 just all around needed to be really tightened up. And so it's not bad, but it's. Yeah. It is what it is. I like it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, if I was a tomato meter, it'd probably be more around 40. 
I'd go higher for me anyway. I, yeah, I, I go in the sixties probably maybe, you know. Well, I, I like, like it. I had to stop this movie um a couple times. I was like, I'm just bored. And four oh four really did it. Like the first one, I was like, it's passable, it's fine, but I stopped the movie. Yeah, the, then the, I watched four oh four and I'm like four oh four is not yeah, that one really slogs the movie down. Yeah, and it was like the classic where you stop and you're like, I'm gonna go get something to eat. <laughs> yeah. Like it, and then you come back and you're like Okay, I'll, I gotta finish it. And the, but misbehaviors totally worth it. The misbehaviors totally worth it. Man from Hollywood. It's got some. It's, some, got, yeah. it's a Tarantino yeah. thing. It's doing a Tarantino no. thing. But twelve so. percent? That's entirely too low. That's no. No. That's un. That's unwarranted in my opinion. Yeah. But come back next week for our last Tarantober. Our which, Halloween episode. Ooh, it's spooky. It won't be that spooky. It Everyone's seen this movie. Yeah, but it's going to be so damn good. Oh, man, I might have to put that. That would be a tough one other than the Mount Rushmore of Tarantino. <laughs> come back and find yeah, out more. Come back and find out. Bye. Click.